You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfits? I'm back. What's up? It's 2022. I'm back. What's up with you? Ow. I'm so excited to be back, y'all. Listen, I know it's been a long time. I know y'all been yelling at me on social media. I know y'all been holding me down when I was on Chloe Across America. And I had to stop doing that because I got a job. And I haven't been on social media. So it really didn't make sense to do Social Misfit. But now I am back. Barely on social media. But I am back. Uh, because I have things to say. And y'all been telling me that you wanted to hear my opinions about how crazy the world is. Uh, case in point, uh, did not know. Didn't I know that a possible World War III was going to pop off in 2022? Had no clue. I'm not ready. I don't have my rations. I got toilet paper and paper towel, but I definitely don't have nothing pickled and jarred. So who's going to start doing those pickle and jar TikToks? Because we need to see y'all. Okay. I got some seeds to plant some stuff in case uh, the shit hits the fan. I got a rooftop now that I live in Los Angeles. The sun is shining so I could start my little garden bed uh, ASAP. Um but I did not know we was probably going to be going to a World War III, uh, uh, interceding with Russia trying to invade Ukraine. But that is not what I'm here to talk about. Okay. Today's episode is actually very somber and it is a tribute to my dear friend, Timothy Moore, who you may know if you watch Chloe Across America. I met him several years ago, almost 20. I was still an assistant editor. At the Source magazine, I ran into him at the 4040 Club when it was good, like when it was new. Okay, so Jay Z opened the 44 Club in Manhattan on like 23rd, 24th Street, 24th Street. And after work, everybody all of a sudden starts going to the 4040 Club because it's Jay Z's club. And this is what you need to know about me. I'm not. Well, now I am, but I was definitely not a dresser. Like I was a worker bee, right? So it was like, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to work hard. I don't care what my clothes look like. He took a picture of me. I had on a camo hat and like a regular like t-shirt and some jeans. And it was an after work event. Now it was so funny because back then you, there would be so many after work events. And I know there was a, a thread on Twitter saying how we would get dressed up to go to the club. Like we were going on like an interview for a job. And it's true because when I wasn't working during that time, when I was in between jobs before I started working at the source, my friends and I would get dressed like we were going for a job interview and then go and then go to the club, right. And go to 40 Floyd or whatever, uh, after work spot was popping in Manhattan at the time. But then when I got a job, I was like, I'm not getting dressed up to go to the club. You get, you get, you get, you get what you get. Matter of fact, matter of fact, let me, let me tell you how I was back in the day. I'll do the best I can, but when I got, oh, that's right, Mariah Carey. You, you gonna get what you gonna get. Okay. I knew I was a hard worker. I didn't have to have fashion fair fashions to go and show you that I just came from work. I just came from work. Okay. So Tim at the time was working with the crusade.net. He built the site. And if you don't know anything about Tim, I'm going to tell you because he's amazing and his life needs to be remembered. Tim 
was a tech guru, genius. And he would build sites for people. He would build apps. This is like way before social media, way before anybody knew like SEO and all the other stuff. So he was tuned in. So he would take photos at clubs, after work parties, events, and then post them on the crusade.net. Now the crusade.net, okay, the crusade.net was black Twitter at its finest before black Twitter. It was a message board and it was so many industry insiders from the music business, from the entertainment world, from um, all aspects in the same world journalism I was a journalist and you would have aliases and to this day I still don't know who a lot of these people are like no clue at all who they are so you would get on the message board you would find your channel you would go in there you would talk shit you would leak some fucking secret about the industry you would just talk about anything and part of it was you would get your picture posted and from being at a part of your club and so when anybody came up to you in the club with a camera especially if it was a big ass camera that looked really professional and they would say can I take your picture I work for this site you'd be like ah. Of course, let the people know that I'm out and about and I'm out here mingling and I'm working, I'm doing and I'm thriving. And so you would get your picture taken. Maybe they would actually your name. Probably not. The captures were always fucked up. They were posted on the site and you would go to see the next day if you were in the gallery from that day, from that location. And you would go and find that gallery and you would click through and you'd be like, there I go. <laughs> there I am. Uh Oh, don't stop. Move. And that was our social media. That was our way of like letting people know we out here and we killing it. And so Tim took my picture. And after that moment, I really don't know how we became friends. I don't know. I think I might have mentioned something about being interested in like web building and design. And that was his like passion or one of his many passions. And we just started talking about like technology and I could talk to him about anything in the tech space that most people weren't even thinking about. He's the one who told me about SEO. He's the one who told me about social media. Every social media platform that came out, Tim was like, you need to get on this. And I would get on and I would say to other people like, oh, do you know about Twitter? They're like, what the fuck is Twitter? Like I was on Twitter dumb early, just tweeting into the fucking Twitter sphere. So many tweets that I had to delete because I was tweeting like no one was watching. Okay. Cause at the time no one was watching. I also had like a ghost account and I would, it, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, I had a little ghost account too. And by that point I was now working at the village voice. And then I like tweeted something. I was like, I had to run, run and like delete it. It was a mess. Anyway, Tim and I became essentially like work husband and wife. Like I, he called me Oprah. Because he said, I'm going to be a media, uh, a media empirist. And I called him steady short for Stedman. Cause I was like, you're like, you know, you're like my, my partner, but it's probably very asexual. Cause I definitely, I still, I, still, I just don't believe that Oprah and Stedman begin. I just don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't think that they are in a loving, intimate sexual relationship. Like it might have been at one point, but either way. They fine. And so he was just like kind of the guy that I could always go to. Um, and he just taught me so much. He taught me so much about like technology. He taught me so much about like everything that you see, like even this podcast, every piece of equipment that I have, Tim told me to buy it. Everything that I learned about editing from audio to, to video, Tim helped me. Like he was my fairy godfather. And when I decided to do Chloe Across America, I just came to him. I was like, hey, I really don't know how I'm going to do it, but I would love to like live stream a show on Twitter, Facebook, 
and Instagram and have callers and all of this stuff. And then we started working on it and that's how Chloe across America came. But that was like the one of many projects that we collaborated. Tim helps me um, record and produce and mix my debut comedy album, Big Dick Energy. He also helped me build a portal. Like I built up, I had an idea for a portal kind of like MySpace, but for black journalists called journalistics and because at the time I was a journalist working in the field and I realized that it was really hard for a lot of black journalists who worked in hip hop journalism specifically to transition into mainstream journalism. And so I said, I want to create a portal where we can show our work, where we can reference people to an online space, because at this point, everybody's like, where's your online thing? Do you have a page? Do you have a site? And most people at the time did not. They had a MySpace. And so I figured, what if we create a platform where journalists all across the country and hopefully the world of color, mainly, that was my focus, could build their own page, could have a page in this portal where they posted their things, showed like links to their articles or uploaded their content and they could give somebody their portal. So it'd be like journalistics.com backslash Chloe Hilliard. And you go there and you can see all their stuff and you can hire them and get jobs. And so at the time when I was working on this, I was now um like, features editor. I don't know what it was, but I was still at the source. I had like been promoted. I've been there almost like going on two and a half, three years, but I was burnt out because the source was not the source that it was not the heyday. Like I had interned at the source at its heyday when the magazine was thicker than a snicker, like 300 and something pages with all like creative, um, like super intense, like packages, like investigative pieces, music, like, you know, the mics and all that stuff. Like this was like when the source had like big dick energy for real, like walk in the room, people like, Oh my God, you work at the source, like just bow down. And then I left and then came back after the mighty had fallen and the source had no weight, but I still was there because I wanted to do the work. And now I was really focused on like politics and culture. And, and you know, the staff was much smaller, the resources much smaller, the magazine much smaller, but I was still working and grinding. And then I got burnt out. And while I was getting burnt out, I decided, Hey, I'm going to build this portal. So I built a portal and Tim and I did all of this work and we launched it. And it had like, I want to say, like 500, like, um, what does it call it? Users or subscribers. It was free, but we had like 500 people sign on to the site within like a month. And I was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I kid you not like the next week after we had like 500 users, the next fucking week I pitched by the time I had left, I left the source. I left the source being like, I'm starting my own shit. Fuck y'all. I'm out. Like, not fuck y'all, but like, you know, mama, we about to make it. I'm about to like turn it to, you know, what's the dude to do? Tim, Tim, Tom, Tom from MySpace. I'm about to be, I'm about to be Tom. And it kind of was like that too. You could like add people and like have friends. It was like kind of, we like kind of swiped a lot of shit from MySpace, but like, you know, what it's been. And so I got to stop hitting the table. I'm not used to like recording at this table. So we, launch a site we're all in we're getting ready to do this rollout we're so excited people are really responding to it and now i'm a freelance journalist so of course mama still got to pay bills she still got to eat because this, this online thing is brand new and it's free like i said nobody's paying for this this was just like a labor of love uh because i have a good heart and i'm trying to go to heaven and so all of a sudden i pitch an article to the voice the village voice which felt like 
so unattainable because if you are a native New Yorker, the the village voice is iconic. It was an alternative weekly paper that didn't give zero fucks. A lot of the great music journalists came from there. A lot of great investigative journalists came from Greg Tate was a, a writer there. So many people wrote there. And here I was like a 26 year old journalist who just quit her job at the source magazine because I was burnt out and I just launched this new online platform because I, you know, trying to go to heaven and I pitch a story and they accept it. They accept the story. I write the article. I spend like a couple months working on it and it becomes the front cover story, right? So I'm like super hype. Becomes a front cover story. They offer me a diversity fellowship. We're going to put a pin in diversity fellowship because we'll come back and talk about that later. And so, of course, I jump at the opportunity to give me a stipend. You know, I think it was like a three month, three month assignment or something like that. And after three months, they would see if they want to hire you or not. So now I have a decision to make. Am I going to sit here and take this dream job? for me as a journalist, because I still was a, like, I'm still like headstrong. Like I'm going to be a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. I want to tell the stories of my people. I want to give a voice to the voices, which all still applies to how I approach life. Right. And now I'm trying to decide how am I going to tell Tim that I cannot do both. See, I know y'all be getting mad. Y'all be thinking I be just uh, shitting on y'all. No, I've done, I do this. I do this. I launch stuff. I get excited about it. It goes well. It gets people's attention. And then I get a job and then I have to make a decision. Do I take this job that comes with full benefits or do I sit here and like grind it out? And don't get me wrong. I have it in me to grind it out. I truly do. But then the opportunities that come are so amazing. These are things that I've always wanted to do so that I end up taking the opportunity and then having to put the kibosh on the project that I launched. So as you can imagine, Tim was pissed and Tim was always pissed, but he kind of understood too, you know, like he was like, man, you always got me doing all this work and we supposed to be launching this thing and you could be making so much money if you really invest it. And he's right. He's absolutely right. If I had stuck to journalistics.com, it could have grown into something so amazing, so powerful, so impactful for people's careers. And of course I would have sold it and made a bunch of money and probably been swimming somewhere on the fucking uh, Fiji islands. Right. Well, hopefully, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm assuming that people gave a fuck about, uh, the black tech space and black platforms, but it's, it's a little presumptuous because I think about other black platforms and how they shriveled up and died. The black planet, anybody remember black planet? I don't think they made any money. Solange tried to bring it back, but. I could have definitely flourished if I had stuck to that thing or any of the things that Tim helped me, any of my cockamamie ideas that I would go to him like, hey, I think I want to do this thing. And he's like, all right, I could do that. And he could. He could always do it. He had all the answers. He always knew how to make something work. And that is what I take away from him. It's like whenever I'm like, oh, I can't figure it out or this seems hard. It's like I just have to I have to learn. I have to teach myself how to do it because I don't have him here anymore. I don't have him to call. I don't have him cussing me out. I don't have him giving me that extra push that I need. And I'm going to miss my friend. And 
I love him dearly. And I'm so glad that he came into my life. I'm so glad that I was able to annoy him and and drive him crazy because he loved it. He truly did. I mean, he was a grouch. He loved it. He would always be like, see, this is why I don't fuck with y'all niggas. This is why you can't do shit for niggas. This is why. And then he would be doing it. He would be doing the thing that he's yelling at me about and cussing me out. And I'd just be laughing at him because I know it's like, I know this is your exterior, but we truly were a great team and we really worked really well together and I appreciate all that he taught me and so you know hearing of his passing it was really interesting because he passed away on December 22nd by this time I had wrapped on a black lady sketch show on the 21st which was a Monday my mom flew in from New York on the 22nd and so she's just lounging around we're just like hanging out it was a gloomy gloomy cold day in Los Angeles and my mom and I just watching movies and like eating food or whatever and I go in the kitchen to get something to drink and I for some reason I grab the black and petty mug now the black and petty mug has a whole life of its own. It became a, a staple on Chloe across America. And Tim actually designed the additions that we use to, for the show and set up the store and everything. Like that's the type of person he was. He was like, I see something in this idea, Chloe, I'm going to run with it. Like, let's make it work. I want to support you. And I would always be the one that's like, yeah, sure. Okay. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And he just, he just saw more in me than I saw in myself. And I do see things in me, but I, it's always different when someone it has a, a view of the bigger picture, because sometimes you're so in it yourself that you can't even really grasp like what the direction is. And there's someone like him, a visionary who is like, I see it. But I need you to see it too. And I see it now. I, I cannot not see it because I, I just, I can't, I have to, I have to keep going. So I'm in the kitchen getting something to drink. And for some reason I grabbed this mug and I don't really drink from it often because I, I really love the mug and it was like his favorite mug. And so I don't know what happened. I grabbed the mug and I went to do something and I dropped the mug, crashed down to the floor, shattered in a gazillion pieces. Now, one thing about me, I never drop stuff. I never, I never drop stuff. I very rarely lose stuff. Like even if I misplace something, I can like really sit and think about it, retrace my steps. I find it. I don't break stuff. I'm not one of those people that you go and everything's broken in your house. It's not me. For me to drop a mug was like, what the hell is that about? And as I dropped it, I looked down and I said, damn, Tim is going to be really mad. And when I tell you, that's when he passed away. That around that time that I dropped the mug is when he passed away. And I didn't find this out until two days later. And so when I got the news, I thought about that mug. And I was like, that's why I dropped that mug. Because there was no other reason. And I know people like, oh, but trust me, I know myself. I don't drop shit. And so when I dropped it and I said it to my mom, I was like, oh, damn, I broke that mug. Tim really liked that mug. And she was like, oh, and she knows Tim because she's watched the show. She knows him because I've worked with him for almost freaking 20 years now. And... It was really a moment where I was like, damn, I felt it. Like, I didn't know what it was, but I definitely felt it. And I was really bummed out about the mug. But then I realized now, hindsight, that that's when he transitioned. And transitioning is a very interesting thing because I think a lot of times when we lose someone, we tend to think about what the loss of them means for our life. 
instead of being grateful about having that person in our life, right? So a lot of times it's like, oh man, this person's gone. Now I won't bow. Now I can't this, na da da. You know, we were supposed to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, clearly what you had, the time that you had is what you were supposed to have. And I know I'm not trying to like say that people's untimely death shouldn't happen, but like it's beyond our control. Like one thing we know for sure is that we're all going to pass away. And so I think the pandemic has shown us we really need to like value people's time. And I know we say, we say that a lot. People are like, you know, hug your loved ones, do this, do that. But here's something else that I know Tim would agree with. This is also the time for you to tell people why you don't fuck with them no more. Okay. Because all of this, like, love people telling you love them. Yes, that's all gravy. But also, you also need to tell people that you love why you're not fucking with them. Because you need that closure. Because you don't want anything to happen where you pass away or they pass away. And you didn't get a chance to, like, really explain or, or purge your emotions or address things that they've done. Because maybe addressing it could help you heal and have a better relationship. Or give you the closure that you really need. And, you know, when we talk about transition to so, being such a final thing. I don't believe that when somebody passes away, they're just gone forever. I think a part of them lives with you and for sure a part of Tim lives with me because I I just, I just can't even explain what he means to me. Like, honestly, if, if it wasn't for Tim and his support of me and believing in me, I would not be in Los Angeles right now. Like I would have found an excuse. I would have found a reason to not come, which I've done so many times in the past, but he was truly, truly really pivotal in me being able to come here. And I know I'm rambling and I didn't really plan my thoughts out because I didn't want to overthink it. And I wanted to speak from the heart about, you know, Tim and what he means to me, but this is not going to be a long episode. This is truly a standalone, just a tribute to Tim. And I just want to let my friend know in the world, whoever's listening that like, there are people who love you so much more than you realize. And they pour into you. And when those people pour into you, you should really listen and pay attention because clearly they see something that you don't see. And we all need that support. And you know, there's somebody in your life now that you see something in them that you want to pour into them. And I, I, I beg you to do it because you could be changing someone's life and you don't even realize how powerful you are. And I think a lot of times we think that we are just so isolated and alone and nobody understands us, but there are folks that come into your life for a reason. And Tim, Timothy Moore definitely came into my life for a reason from taking my picture at the 4040 club to helping me, you know, cook up so many of my cockamamie ideas and teaching me so much about life and business. And, and of course, technology, like I'm low key a nerd. Like, I don't know if people know this, but I'm, I'm low key, like I'm sexy, but she's a nerd. And, I just had like, he was my, my, my best nerd friend. Like he and I just connected and we understood each other and I got him and I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him a lot, but I know he's always with me. Like, I truly know that. I know that because I know he, I know wherever he is. I know he's watching me being like, look at, go ahead, go ahead. Big sexy over there talking on that podcast, using that microphone that I told her to buy, using that board and them sound effects that I helped her with, using them lights that I told her to get. Cause she was sitting in there in a fucking dark ass room using that green screen. Cause she was using some other little ghetto bullshit. Like that's Tim. I hear you. I hear you, Tim. I know. I know. So in conclusion, of this special episode of Social Misfit, I want to say thank you 
to the biggest social misfit I know, Tim Moore. And I want to encourage all of you out there who are listening to believe the people who love you when they tell you how amazing you are. Just just believe them because they're not lying. And we need to honor those people as best as we can because you never know when your time is up and you never want to look back and say, damn, I should have said I love you or let them know how much they mean to me. And that's one thing I'm so happy. I always told him how grateful I was, how how happy I was that he was in my life. And I'm, I'm going to miss that man. So Tim, you always be a part of me in my life. And now you always going to be a part of this podcast. Cause I use a clip of you from Chloe across America, which will be our new, our new exit every single episode. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and I will be back with a new episode. This social misfit is back weekly. Haven't figured out what day of the week to drop it yet. So if you listen to this and you have a suggestion, please let me know what day of the week it is. And that will determine a little bit what the show content will be. Because if it's at the end of the week, then I could talk about all the stuff that happened in a week. Or if you don't really care about me talking about what's going on, like pop culture news wise, we can just like shoot the shit and then I, it can come out any other day. So let me know what you think. But for right now, it's time for me to say adieu. Um, Tim, would you like to come up and say goodbye to the people? For what? For what?